Welcome to Elevate, the podcast where we dissect exceptional achievers who are consistently raising the bar personally and professionally to produce extraordinary results in investment real estate and ultimately in their lives. Now, here's your host, Tyler Chesser. Elevate Nation, welcome back. This is Tyler Chester. I'm so thankful to have you here. And I'm so blessed and grateful to be sitting here with my friend, Pancham Gupta. Pancham, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me, Tyler. Well, it's my pleasure. And it's been a lot of fun to just catch up with you right before we got on the show. And I have no doubt this is going to be a show where we serve some people. And so I really want to thank you for being on the show. But before we do that, uh, I want to welcome Elevate Nation back because it is time to take it to another level. I know I say that each and every time, uh, but that's really our goal here is to raise the bar. And this is the show where we identify and apply how the best of the best raise the bar personally and professionally to achieve greatness in real estate and beyond. And I have to remind you that this is a masterclass for leaders and those looking to achieve uncommon results and purposeful outcomes through real estate investing and ultimately in their lives. Ultimately, this is all about, you know, combining personal development, personal growth, you know, professional development, real estate investing to elevate to a life without limits, because really, that's what it's all about. You know, this is what we just talked about is so you can make any decision so you can choose to be wherever you are. So you can, you know, really craft the life of your dreams. And that's why we created this show. And if you appreciate what we're doing, we would appreciate 100% if you went on and gave us a subscription you know, that way you get notified when our next show comes out, as well as, you know, give us a rating. You know, if you're so inclined to give us a five-star review, we certainly would appreciate that. And a review as well is certainly helpful because it helps us reach more people. And our goal is to reach millions and millions of people uh, with this message. And with that said, I want to go ahead and dive in here with Poncham. And I want to tell you a little bit about him first. Poncham is a host of, he is the host of the Gold Collar Investor Podcast, which helps high paid professionals learn about investing outside of Wall Street and learn about personal finance. He is also the principal of Mesos Capital. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Poncham has a master's in information networking and computer science from Carnegie Mellon University. And he also manages and controls over $32 million in real estate, which I know is growing as we just talked uh, before the show here and gave me a little bit of insight there. So excited about that. Excited to dive into a, a very sharp real estate mine. He has bought and invested in properties in five different states and internationally. Poncham is great at finding value propositions and, and has successfully built a portfolio, which is cash flowing in double digits. And he also spent 14 years in the fintech industry in the greatest city in the world, New York City. So uh, with that said, Poncham, we love, uh, we love learning about folks through the bios. And of course, yours is extremely impressive. You know, tell us more about Poncham behind the bio. Poncham behind the bio. Poncham behind the bio came to the United States in 2003 to get his master's degree with the idea of, you know, working here in the U.S. for couple of years and then going back to India where I'm from originally and doing something of my own. And, uh, you know, back in 2009, you know, when I actually, me and my wife, we sold pretty much all of our furniture to move back. We realized that we were expecting uh, our firstborn, first baby. And we decided, oh, you know what, let's buy the furniture back. It's hard to move cities 
let alone countries <laughs> during this time. So why not let's buy everything back? And as the history will hold, we never moved back. We decided in 2011 that we're going to stay here. And in 2012, I started investing in real estate and you know, as a hobby on the side, as a passive investment strategy and slowly became addiction of mine, spending like, you know, all my nights, weekends on this stuff. And then slowly at some point it transitioned into passion and I don't even know when that happened. And, uh, you know, and realized that I want to scale this up, started learning about syndications and did our first one, then the second one, third one, fourth one. So, you know, and finally I quit my job last year uh, and July 4th, believe it or not, my was my first day, which is the Independence Day <laughs> without a W-2. So That's amazing. So would you say that, I mean, your experience, you know, actually, I want to know a little bit about the thought process behind potentially you were going to go back home and then mm -hmm. all of a sudden you learned you were going to have a child. What was the distinction there in, in no longer going back home and staying here? I'm just curious from that, that same point. Yeah, no, that's a great question. No one actually asked me ever that question. So uh, you're putting me on spot, but it's great. Uh, you, we, we, we have, uh, you know, when we were expecting our firstborn, we were thinking, you know what? It's better that we are already settled here. When we move, it's going to be a lot of variables. And uh, from the health point of view, let's just stay here and have the firstborn and then we'll decide. So that was the thing. That's where we left it off. But when the first baby was born and, um, you know, we started seeing the opportunities here, what this country had to offer and all the lifestyle that we were getting used to with the, with the newborn, we felt that might be, you know, we might rethink that plan. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I was also constantly chatting with my parents there uh, it was not a decision that was made in a silo. It was after talking to everyone and really making sure that we are creating the best life possible for our kids and for ourselves. And that's when we decided, you know what, we'll stay here and start investing in this country and make this our home. So fast forwarding three years from then, you started investing in real estate within, which then at some point transitioned into a passion, which you seems like aren't really able to you know, trace kind of when that happened. So the reason why I ask that question is because, you know, there's always these circumstances that occur in people's lives that, you know, make it feel like, wow, we've got so many things going on and man, we just threw another wrench into the pile here and I just don't know what to do. But I always have this feeling and you, you never really have it in the moment and in those moments of chaos when it just seems like, wow, all of our plans are flipped upside down. But this right. happened for you and not to you to make this decision that really kind of puts you on the path towards passion. And I just think it's a beautiful thing. And it's a great reminder for all of us to say, you know what? Yeah, I'm busy. But and then something crazy happened out of left field. But you know what? There's a, there's, there's a secret here and there's a reason why this is happening. So I just think it's a great reminder. Yeah, no, I, I always say that all of these things are serendipitous in a way. You know, me quitting my job last year, it wasn't easy, but I did it. And I had to go through some mindset struggles around mm -hmm. that too, to kind of do that. But I'm, am I happy uh, about doing that? Absolutely. What's my biggest regret? 
I should have do, done it sooner, you know? Wow. So, <laughs> so tell so, me about that mindset work that you had to do to get to the point of making the decision to, you know, quit probably what was feeling like certainty for your family, you know, certainty of, of a paycheck every couple of weeks. I mean, how, what, what mindset uh, cultivation did you have to go through to get to that point to make that decision? No, absolutely. So great question again. So, you know, I'll, I'll preface this with a little bit of background that I read this book by Robert Kiyosaki, Cashflow Quadrant, where he really clearly lays out what's the difference between an employee, self-employed person, business owner, and an investor. And that stuck with me for a very long time. And I read that book multiple times. And I say that book changed my life. Um, so I was always in this mindset of starting something of my own. And when I got passionate about real estate, I, uh, and I had this extremely high paying job on this, you know, which I was doing, which was my bread and butter. It was extremely hard for me to quit. It was like golden handcuffs, right? You're getting this constant paycheck. And, you know, I was talking about quitting with my wife, with my family. They were all against me quitting. Because everyone was saying, what if it doesn't work out? What about the benefits? What about this high salary? You're not getting that much, you know, in, in the passive income. It's not even close, remotely close. So what about this? What about that? And I'm like, you know, you all are talking about what if it doesn't work? And I always said, you know, what if it does? You know, I want to give myself that opportunity that that at least a chance and not have that regret later that I didn't do it. But still, it was very hard for me. So I actually hired a mindset coach to help me quit. My first conversation with that coach was, I'm hiring you to help me quit. And I went when I went with this idea to my wife, it's a funny story. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to hire a coach to help me quit. She's like, what? I'm like, <laughs> to help me quit. So you want to hire a coach to help you quit and you want to pay someone to help you quit and how not to make money. And it just go how, just, just go ahead and quit your job. You don't have to hire someone. But it was very hard. It's not easy, you know, as it seems like. So I had to, you know, uh, go through that mindset. And it's all about mindset at the end of the day, right? It's the decision that you make. It's, you know, we tell ourselves the circumstances and all the things that are happening around you are causing you to make a decision. But I think it's the decision you make. Like you said, life is happening, mm -hmm. you know, for you, not to you. And you, you have to, you know, really decide. I don't well, know if that answered your question. Yeah, it does. It, it absolutely does. And, you know, many of our listeners know that I'm a, I'm a big Tony Robbins fan. And of course, you know, what I mentioned there uh, earlier was all about Tony Robbins. And, and one of the things he also says is decisions are what shape your destiny. You know, exactly. what you're talking about is making a decision. And you knew it was very important. And your family was really trying to, you know, protect themselves or trying to protect you as well with these and, you know, when you make these decisions that are out of the ordinary, it feels very dangerous. It feels like, okay. wow, the lion on the savannah is going to chase me and it's going to eat me if I do this. Um, but I do think it's really important to realize that where focus goes, energy flows as well. If you're saying, exactly. well, what if you succeed? What about that? And if I focus on that, that's when the good things happen. And so I thought that was a, a great distinction that you brought up there. 
Uh, but Pancham, I wanted to ask you also, I was just curious, I mean, was there a moment in your life, was it the time that you felt like you had those golden handcuffs perhaps, or was this before, maybe when you were growing up that you decided that you wanted to live an uncommon life? Or was that not until you read a book like The Cash Flow Quadrant? Or, um, you know, was there a moment in your life where you kind of flipped the script or, or, or the switch in your mind that said, you know what, I'm going to live, you know, to the highest level? No, so when I was growing up, I always wanted to start something on my own. And that's when I came, when I came here, my goal was to go back and start something of my own back home. So I was always of the mindset that I want to do something like that. And uh, it's just that when you were, when I was here and, you know, being a first generation immigrant in this country, it was, especially if you're from India or China, you know, there is a struggle of getting, uh, you know, permanent residency or citizenship. And, you know, I had to work for many years to actually get that. And I couldn't do anything during those years. At least I was telling myself, I know people who do Mm. that even then, (laughs) you know, it's all about the mindset again. So uh, I was telling myself that. And when I decided to stay in this country, I decided that, you know, there will be a point in time where I would want to do something of my own. I actually started two startups before 2012, um, where I lost a bunch of money, but I learned quite a bit uh, to, uh, you know, to see if I can make them successful or, or do something on my own. Are you someone who is looking to seriously elevate your life this year? I mean, now, this year, 2020. Because I want to let you know that I am currently opening up a few coaching spots for people like you who want to close the gap from where you are to where you want to be. And I want to invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. Again, that's coachwithtyler.com. I have to tell you, this is not for everyone. This is only for those who are defiantly committed, those who are decisive, those who are coachable, those who are resourceful. They're willing to do whatever it takes. They're willing to sacrifice time, energy and invest resources into themselves to get to where they want to be, to live life at the highest level, and to elevate to a life without limits, exactly what we talked about on this show. If that is you, I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. Again, that's Mm coachwithtyler.com. I just think it's really interesting what you said is um, during that time that you were seeking your citizenship, and obviously there's a lot of work that needs to be done towards that and a lot of continued persistence there. And, and obviously you're, you're somebody who knows a lot more about that than I do, um, but it is really interesting, not even just in that type of circumstance. There's so many different life scenarios that people say, well, you know, I can't really do that right now because I've got X, Y, and Z. And it is all about giving yourself permission to exactly. succeed and to be who you say you want to be and step beyond that fear, step out of that comfort level, uh, out of that comfort zone and, and beyond your comfort level. Uh, so I really think that's really, really interesting. Uh, but you know, with that said, I wanted to fast forward to today. Uh-huh. Uh, I wanted to talk to you today now that you have, you know, you've taken those leaps of faith and things are paying off for you tremendously. Uh, obviously, you've got a, a great podcast and then building a substantial portfolio with uh, the assistance, obviously, of your your valued investors. And I'd be curious to know, you know, one of the things that we talk about here on Elevate is, you know, obviously the things that we've been talking about so far in terms of personal growth, personal development. Uh, but beyond that, it's it's building practical solutions in your life as it relates to real estate. 
And I'd be curious to know, you know, what's a, what's a very significant way that you've really raised the bar in your own business to elevate your own results? You know, I would say what I've done is some kind, I'm trying to create a habits, some tiny habits around that I'm doing daily. Like for example, uh, I've, I've come to realize that after doing Savers, you know, the Miracle Morning by Hal Eldrod, you know, mm-hmm. he talks about S-A-V-E-R's or six things that you do in the morning. So I'm trying to get into a rhythm of doing that very religiously in the morning. And I've seen that my productivity has gone up, right? So I, I, I try to do that. And then from the business point of view, what we are trying to do, me and my partner, we are trying to set processes mm-hmm. around small little things. You know, right now, there are a lot of things that we were uh, doing manually, so to speak. Now we are trying to automate that either by seeking external help, hiring employees or virtual assistants or investing in software to do certain functions that could be done without our involvement. So we're trying to create those processes around different functions of our business. And that's where we are right now. So that's what we're trying to do to elevate the business side of things. And on personal side, I'm trying to uh, obviously keep reading books, Mm -hmm. which I do as part of the savers thing and also keep religiously doing this. Can you give us a just a very high level regarding savers that you know, for folks who have not read that book? Sure. So Savers is a, it's an acronym that Hal, who's the author of Miracle Morning Book created. S stands for silence, which is meditation. A stands for affirmations. V stands for visualization. E stands for exercise. R stands for reading. And S in the end stands for scribing. So what he is saying that if you do all of these six things, uh, like he, he, he talked about all the successful people that he has seen in his life. They, what, what routine they were doing or what, what thing they were following. And he jotted down every single thing. And these were the six things that were common across different people. Not everyone was doing all of these six. So he kind of created this acronym and uh, for, uh, for all these six things. And he started doing all of these six things. And he saw how his life changed. And since then he wrote a book and it changed many lives. So that's what this routine is. And you, you know, he says that you can do five minutes each or 10 minutes each or, you know, whatever works for you. But if you do them religiously for 30 days, he says continuously, you will start to see the impact. I love it. And uh, we will definitely put a link in the show notes to the miracle morning because, you know, it's one of these trends that you see for most high performers is that there is a very specific morning routine and morning regimen. And I love just the acronym there of savers. Uh, Believe it or not, I've actually never read the book. Um, I'm a huge reader myself. I am very familiar with it. uh, But I I love that. And I really appreciate you diving in uh, to the details there. And as it relates, actually, one other thing I wanted to make a mention of before I ask about the processes is I love how I ask about what's a way that you've raised the bar in your business. And you tell me about, you know, habits that you're creating personally. And that's the reason why we have this show is because your personal growth supports the business growth, which then is a vehicle towards creating what you want in your life. And I think a lot of people forget that a lot of people leave college as an example and say, 
you know what, I'm never going to read a book again because, you know, I don't have any more homework. <laughs> and I just think uh, you're really missing out uh, if that's the case. So I really wanted to highlight that. And as it relates to processes, just curious, uh, what's one process right now that, you know, like one book that many of our guests talk about frequently is The One Thing uh, by Gary Keller. What's the one thing you could do that mm -hmm. makes everything else either irrelevant or unnecessary? What's one process that you have really implemented recently in your business that you think has given you a significant domino effect? Sure. Uh, actually, it's happening as we speak. So we invested in uh, investor management relationship software where uh, people, all of our investors can now go in just like they have their 401k. You can log in and see or your fidelity account or whatever. They can log in and see all the deals that they have invested with us. They can see the returns. They can see, they can get the K1s from, from that software. They can get all the documents that are relevant to their investment from that. And also if we have a new deal coming up, uh, it will help us in the raise as well to track all of that. So before we had this, and we're implementing it as we speak, but before we had this, we had to do some of this uh, very manually. Mm -hmm. And the amount of time that we were spending per investor average, we are hoping to reduce it to very, very minimal after this is fully implemented. So, so this is one thing that one area of our business, which is investor management and you know, communication, we are trying to streamline that and see how that would go. And then the second would be the deal flow. We have not done a lot towards that, but that would be the next thing that we would attack after this is fully done. I love it. And um, it's such a, it's a great reminder that we always have to think about well, what's our highest priority right now, right? You know, people are yeah. always talking, how can I fit everything in, in one day? And, and really, it's probably unlikely that we, you know, we, we over overhaul all of our processes as well as service our current business and, and future business in one day. But of course, there's pressure points that are more important and more applicable now than, than, than later. And so I just think it's a great reminder. And I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, I wanted to talk more about yourself and just how you make some decisions. One thing I was curious to know, Pancham, uh, obviously you said no to the continued uh, high paying career uh, <laughs> that you that you declined there after, you know, really kind of, uh, you know, evolving your mindset and, and giving yourself permission. But I'm curious to know now as someone who is really building a substantial business, you know, what are you saying no to? And then also how? I mean, you know, this is really, it's always a personal question for me because I want to, I want to know how to get better at this. And I know many of our listeners do as well. It's a very hard thing to do. It, you know, it's very personality dependent thing too. So for me, I always try to help out people and all that. And I was, you know, one thing I was realized, uh, you know, to back up a second, I, I was, I was this yes man, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if some people would come to me, anyone comes to me for help, I would listen, I would try to help. And I still want to do that. But that was a time sink for me, right? So one thing that I'm doing to kind of getting better at saying no to the things that I feel would either, either I would fail to deliver up to their expectations or if I'm over committing to myself, you know, uh, and I fail in some other parts of the business because I'm doing this other thing, which I was not planning on doing. So I'm trying to become, I'm still trying to get better at this, but I'm yeah. trying to 
say no to things which either um, are not adding value, where I feel that I cannot add value to, or I feel it's not helping uh, the business in any way. So it's, so it's how, very hard, hard to do. Things. One of the things that, I, that really strikes me about you is you're such a kind person. And I wanted to look behind the curtain there on that. You know, if someone asked you, and I, I just some generic, you know, thought that really didn't serve your business. I mean, how would you, how would you respond to that and decline that type of an opportunity? <laughs> so it depends. <laughs> is it a five minute thing or is it like a, you know, uh, an, uh, you know, two hour thing? Or, say, say it's an hour thing. It's so an hour commitment. So if it's an hour commitment, I would say that, you know, I would send them my calendar link to, uh, to have them schedule. I've blocked certain period of time where I talk to potential investors or people who have questions about the show, about anything that I'm doing. So mm -hmm. I would send them that link and say, you know what? I appreciate you reaching out and I definitely want to help you. Let's have a conversation. Here's my calendar link. You can uh, schedule a call and I'll, I'll do that. And I still do it. And Wednesday is that day for me. And this Wednesday I had like nine phone calls. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> you know, some of them were bad. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, um, you know, I just, it, it's always just interesting. And I guess really the takeaway somewhat is that you can create systems and perhaps even batch your time or pre-schedule time for things that may or may not service your business. I think one of the tough things about real estate, and we even talked about this before the show, is that you can't really systematize everything, which right. is, you know, it's a tough thing, but it's also an insulator in terms of disruption from technology because of the nature of the fact that it is all about relationships. So I do think it's very, very interesting. Uh, and I appreciate you sharing that. We did talk a little bit about your habits, obviously, as it relates to your morning routine. What other habits have been very important for you that you've kind of created maybe over the past few years? So I'm trying to, second thing that I'm really working hard is time blocking, which is what they talk about in one thing. And, you know, so I've mm -hmm. categorized my time into three different categories. Like one is the time where I'm doing little things, which is taking a lot of my time. For example, I do a podcast before I was editing my own shows. So instead of, I can hire that help for $40 an hour or whatever amount, and they will probably do a much better job than what I would do. Mm -hmm. So I need to hire uh, help to do those things. So, uh, and then the second level is where I'm really creating uh high value items where either I'm talking to investors or brokers about the new deal and all that, where it's helping the business high ROI items. Right. And then the third thing is the gold time, which I call, uh, you know, which is, you know, either going to the gym, talk, going to ski with my kids or, you know, doing, doing things which are, which you cannot really put any value on their like lifetime uh, activities. So I'm trying to get better at, time blocking. I struggle, like there are a lot of distractions, you know, you go on Facebook, 20 minutes go away, you don't even know it. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to make sure that I time block and certain activities. So if I'm writing, let's say, investor update. So that one hour is for that. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to check my emails. I'm not going to check my texts. I'm not going to go on Facebook. Nothing. I'm just focused on that one activity. And 
it's so hard to do. I know. It's so yeah. hard to do. So, <laughs> how, how much time do you allot to each of those categories? Just out of curiosity. We, we, so I have many categories, like for example, podcasts, written podcasts, either it's thinking about new topics or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, scheduling or, uh, you know, then on my business side, we have deal related things, which is talking to brokers and the attorneys and all that. And then you're talking to the investors. So each and every item, the granular, the least granular I go is half an hour. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and then the max is two hours. Like after two hours for me, like <laughs> the, it goes, uh, um, starts, I start becoming unproductive. I mean, put it that oh. way. I think you and I both know this, this, this comment, and I think it's a funny comment, but they say the mind can only endure what the butt can endure, right? So it's <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe that's the, the theory there. That's the rule of thumb and how you time block. So I do think it's very interesting. One of the things also, maybe I'll stack on that just slightly is, uh, you know, if you can take a little bit of breaks, if you're doing some deep work yeah. and maybe you need a five or 10 minute breathing break, or you need to get up and kind of walk around and move around. I do think that's really important to just give yourself some more, you know, your, your, your physicality, your physiology, you know, you can bring that back into your work and be more effective there because, you know, at a certain point you kind of, your, your mind gets depleted of oxygen and, you know, your blood flow is slowing down. So it's really interesting. And a lot, I think many people forget about that uh, too often. And so just want to make a mention of that. Um, curious to know, oh, did you have something else you were going to say on that? No, I, I was about to say that I have one mentor of mine and he, he's a great, great, uh, at time blocking. And he's told me that when he's time blocking, he's told his wife that unless the house is burning down or there is a medical emergency, do not call me or come like, oh, even open the door. Yep. You know, so Imagine that kind of sensitivity around time blocking. I'm not there. I'm actually far from it. So I'm, uh, you know, this is my goal to get to that point where like I'm so focused, so in the moment that nothing will distract me. I know I'm, I'm trying to grow towards that as well. And it's very hard. It's amazing though, when you can, if, when you do have those bursts of, of energy and focus, what you can accomplish because multitasking is truly a myth. And as you mentioned, you know, if you get distracted by social media, you know, it takes, you know, you can say that, hey, you know, now I'm actually working on this task, but your mind hasn't yet switched. And it really takes so much time for your mind to get refocused. And I forget right. what the stats are. You, you may know better than I, but it takes a certain amount of minutes before your mind can be refocused on a different task. Yeah, I, I don't know the number, but yeah. I agree yeah. with you. <laughs> Tell me about an investment that you've made in yourself that's really paid big dividends. Oh my God. It's I've in the last five years, I've invested in myself more than what I invested from my probably kindergarten to my masters all combined together. Wow. Probably 10 times that I've invested in myself in the last four years. Uh, either by hiring a mindset coach, I have a business coach, I have a sales coach, I have a podcast coach, I have a multifamily coach. I'm actually writing a book. I have a, uh, I had a book coach for that. And uh, so it's, it, yeah, I, I don't know, like one thing that you would say it's hard to pinpoint, but I would say doing, uh, uh, getting that mindset coaching probably paid the biggest dividends because that helped me quit my job 
and let me focus on the things that I'm passionate about and getting to spend time the way I want, as opposed to, you know, defined by someone else. I love that. I love it so much. Tell me about a failure that you've experienced. Um, maybe that at one time felt, you know, quite detrimental uh, that maybe set you up for a later success, if that was the case. Sure. So I have, uh, before we got our very first deal under contract, syndicated deal uh, under contract, we went under many deals, uh, you know, under contract, but never been able to close. And one deal was 78 units in Columbia, South Carolina, where we lost $15,000. But I think those were the best $15,000 that we lost because, uh, uh, you know, it's good that we didn't do that deal. Um, because uh, it would have been a disaster for us, uh, you know, as a first syndicated deal, but it taught us so much, right? Uh, on the things that we were not looking at before, but we started looking after after we uh, did that deal. And one example would be that, uh, you know, initially this is again four years ago, I believe, at this point, four or five years ago, uh, that we were planning on doing only half the units like walk through right uh but when we went and in first 50 right uh first 50 percent we found out like half of the like many of the units didn't even have stairs to go to the second level Jeez. and <laughs> you know that you can imagine um you know why we didn't do that deal but at least it taught us to be very uh, to make sure that we walk every single unit when we do acquire a deal. So you lost your um, your good faith deposit on that deal? No, we did not lose that, but we had spent $15,000 on either attorney or mm. inspector. So got we it. got a sewer company involved. We, we scammed all the sewer lines. We scammed all the supply lines. We got into these units, roofers, all of that. Mm. So all that money got lost there. Got it. Yeah. So yeah, total cost of doing business there, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, can you imagine how much more there would have been lost if you would have done that deal? So uh, definitely a great reminder for us to all conduct great due diligence on whatever acquisition or any business that you're operating. We have many listeners who are not in the real estate business, you know, inspect what you expect, right? You know, if yes. you, you believe that you're bringing something on, you need to really dig in to know for sure. And uh, also, you know, develop your own checklist, your own system to be able to identify those issues. And if you know what, if you made an investment towards, you know, learning that information and you decided not to go in that direction, consider that an investment that will pay off tremendously. So I thought that was a, a great distinction there. Um, talk to me. Oh, did you have something else on that? No, no, go ahead. Talk to me about your role models, Poncham. Uh, is there anybody that you really look up to and kind of model yourself after? So <laughs> I don't really have a role model, so to speak, but if there is one person I have to pick, I would say there is this guy called, um, his name is Ken McElroy. Mm -hmm. He is one of the Rich Dad advisors. He, he is a syndicator and a very, very well-known syndicator. You know, the way he runs his business and the way he has uh, managed his reputation over the last 30 years. I absolutely admire that and would love to create a business like that in 10 years from now, at least 
you know, get to that level, so to speak. So you're certainly on your way and uh, it's great to hear all the other things you're working on. It's very exciting. And with that said, I'd be curious to know, you know, with everything that you've accomplished, including, you know, taking that leap of faith and, and becoming this entrepreneur that you are, um, what's a goal beyond, uh, you know, quitting your job that you're most proud of accomplishing over the past couple of years? I would say in last 12 months, I've done, there are four things that I'm extremely proud of that uh, and also inspired me. One is the quitting the full-time job. Second is starting the Gold Collar Investor Podcast, which getting off the ground, you know, it's so hard to get a podcast off the ground and uh, it was it was very hard, uh, but I'm very proud of that. And second, uh, third and fourth would be that doing our biggest deal of our career that was within last six months and selling our very first syndicated deal also in last 12 months. That's awesome. So it's, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Well, you've taken it full circle now with your selling that investment or the syndication. And now you've got the bulletproof track record that you can continue to, <laughs> to push forward. So in, in, with that said, as you push forward, what are you uncomfortably working towards right now? What's pushing you outside of your comfort zone now? The one thing I would openly admit now that uh, you've uh, asked me that, and it's going to be my proclamation to the world, so to speak, is to become a better at public speaking. I I, I feel that there is miles to go for me to become better as a public speaker. I am, I have not really actively started working towards it, but that's something that I do want to work on and, um, you know, make, uh, make it better. I love that. Well, you know, it's, it's the number one fear that most people have is public speaking more than death, right? So <laughs> yeah, that's uh, you're saying. certainly putting yourself into some discomfort. That's one of those high payoff sort of a, uh, endeavors. And, you know, I, 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 I totally understand. And I think that uh, you definitely have the ability to do so just because of your authenticity. And I think that's a reminder for everyone. If you want to be a great speaker, just be yourself, right? Just talk yes. about what you know about and just be you don't try to be someone else. Uh, such a great, great, uh, you know, plan to, uh, to work towards. And I know that you'll be phenomenal in that. And so with that said, <laughs> Um, everything that you do, I mean, how, how does this all kind of combine into the purpose for you? And what is that? What is the overall driving force behind what you do? The overall driving force behind what I do is freedom, freedom of time, being able to do things at my own terms, when I want, what I want, how I want it and all that stuff. Um, so that's the biggest driver. But at the same time, I really want to, you know, help people out with their uh you know it's a passion of mine to teach actually i was uh before i quit my full-time job i used to go and volunteer and teach elderly people um about uh you know microsoft word microsoft office so to speak in libraries and all that and i i I feel uh you know i want to continue on the teaching path and that's why i started a podcast and i really want to help people out to understand you know, there is a world outside of W2 and the world outside of this, you know, a Wall Street investments, and you can really live the life the way you want if you work towards it. So that's awesome. That's, that's what it is. 
So you're creating freedom for yourself as well and as well as essentially teaching others how to create freedom for themselves. Yeah. That that's would awesome. be. Well, that's a that's a worthwhile uh driving purpose. And so I really appreciate you sharing that. And so with that said, I want to transition into our rapid fire section, which we call our rare air questionnaire. And the reason why we call it that is because in Elevate, we are consistently scaling the mountaintop. We scale the mountaintop and we look across the canyon and we have another mountaintop to climb. There's always another mountaintop to scale and reach the peak of. And so uh, that's why we call it the rare air questionnaire, because most people really give up. And we have to remind ourselves that it will be challenging. It will be you know, hard to breathe. It will, you know, our feet may get numb, so to speak. And obviously I'm talking in metaphors here. Uh, but I'd be curious to know, you know, we've talked a little bit about books. We've talked about uh, some of the lessons that you've learned through books, but beyond the books that we've talked about so far, is there another that you would say maybe one or two other books that have been most impactful for you in your life? Yes, so absolutely. The second book I would say that has been really impactful is Turning Pro by Stephen Pressfield. So that book really helped me, um, uh, you know, when I was uh, my last year at W2, really, he talks about how turning professional is an event that no one forgets. Like, just for example, you know, you will remember where you were when September 11 happened, mm-hmm. right? Just like when a person becomes pro, which is professional, they come out of their shadow career and actually pursue what they are really passionate about, that's the day they will never forget. And um, he talks about the journey on how to become pro. And I felt it was, it was very impactful. Oh, that's great. I, I can't let, let this moment leave without saying this because, you know, this week, uh, Kobe Bryant uh, tragically passed away. Right. And uh, this, this show may not come out for, you know, uh, you know a couple months uh, until after this. But uh, I, I think that I'll never forget that moment as well. Uh, when I heard about that. And uh, it really resonates with me because, you know, maybe there is other moments in your life that you can create that you will never forget. And hopefully they're much less tragic than that type of moment. And I definitely want to, you know, wish my condolences to, to uh, his family and and everyone obviously around the world who's impacted there. Um, But what a great, um, great, great reminder here that, you know, you can actually create these moments that you'll never forget as well. That's amazing. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. That book is great. I would highly recommend. Easy read. Um, Yeah. That's awesome. So what's the biggest way, you know, we've talked a lot about this throughout the show, but the biggest way beyond what we've talked about so far that you elevate your life on a daily basis? I elevate my life. I, you know, just trying to be very truthful to myself and being not, uh, you know, not living in my shadow career, so to speak, that uh, Stephen Pressfield talks about. Um, really, you know, uh, what what's the word for it? Catching the bull by the horns. Like if, mm-hmm. if the life gets tough, face it, mm-hmm. go and do things. So that's what I'm trying to train myself. You know, in property, in asset management, on, on the buildings, we, we come to situations which are sometimes very, very hard. But you know, rather than, you know, thinking about why it happened to me or, you know, just go ahead and fix it and, and catch the bull by the horns, you know, so, so. Tell me a little bit more about what being truthful to yourself means. So 
what that means is that, you know what, like, uh, for example, I'll give you an example of public speaking, you know, uh, I, I can actually go ahead and, you know, do public speaking. I've done that. I've even presented among 300 people, uh, size of crowd, but I have realized that I can get better at this. Mm-hmm. Right. So this is being true to yourself. Yeah. I can wing it. You know, if someone tells me to go present at a conference where 500 people are there, can I do it? Probably. Right. Uh, will I be scared? Maybe. Yes, I think. Uh, but would it be the best of me? No. You know, because I know I can improve. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh so that's what I mean, like for anything that I'm doing in life where I know that little voice is telling me, no, you know what, this is not where it should be. You have to become better at this. And whatever that is, uh, you know, I gave you an example of public speaking there, I'm trying to get better at those things. No, that's great. And I think there's such a, there has to be such a healthy balance here between right. beating yourself up and criticizing yourself to a degree where you won't take action or you just really kind of get to this overly negative state, but then having this healthy growth, like, you know, it's like constructively criticizing yourself to say, you know what, we really have a gap here where we can improve and then inspiring yourself and stepping into that. You know, earlier we talked about, you know, visualizations as, as an right. example on your, your savers acronym, as you, you, you shared with us, you're visualizing, well, what can I become? And you're stepping into that by acquiring those skills, by acquiring that identity, exactly and, uh, that mindset. So I think that was really, really great. No, that was actually amazing. The way you put it, it's even better that I visualize myself being able to be a good public speaker. And my vision, what I have, is not in sync with where I'm today. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to fill that gap. And that's what I mean by being very truthful. So it's a good, really great reminder of, uh, for all of us to be truthful with yourself. You yeah. know, be truthful. Don't be overly critical, but be truthful. What is it that you need to learn? What is it that, you know, who do you need to know? What skill do you need to acquire or improve on or, or sharpen? And, um, you know, it, it's, you have to be humble in this process as well. I think that's yes. one of the things that most people who really kind of uh, embrace personal growth, they embrace learning is that they're humble. They're admitting that they don't have every answer. They're admitting that, you know, they're not the ultimate version of themselves yet, but they're striving to become that. They're striving to become better. So that is a really great takeaway. And uh, I'd be curious to know beyond that, how do you best elevate others around you? Um, By adding value to each and every conversation I'm in, you know, if I can help, I would do that. And that's one. And second, being a good listener, trying to work on that too. You know, not that I, I've actually always in my W2 job, uh, you know, how they do year end reviews and stuff. I've always gotten feedback that I'm a really good listener, Mm. but I'm trying to become, my wife doesn't think that way though. But uh, (laughs) other than that, other than that, you know, I, I'm still, I'm trying to become better at that. So. You you can show her your professional reports there. Reminder, <laughs> hey, wait a minute. What, they're telling me I am. Are you sure about this? Um, but that's really good because the only way that you can add value is to truly listen, right? Yeah, exactly. I love it. I love it. 
Well, Pancham, this has been a ton of fun. Tell the listeners how they can follow you and stay in touch with you. Sure. Um, they can reach, uh, reach me at p at the rate p at thegoldcollarinvestor.com or they can find me on LinkedIn. I'm there. Happy to connect, answer any questions. Well, uh, I also want to remind or actually inform Elevate Nation that you can actually go to thegoldcollarinvestor.com forward slash download to download the top six reasons to diversify out of Wall Street investments. And uh, I think oh, yeah. that's really exciting. Uh, you have the opportunity of acquiring some knowledge there from Poncham. And, you know, I, I really want to thank you for being on the show. And I want to remind Elevate Nation at this point, knowledge is not power. Knowledge is only potential power. So what can you do to take this information and apply it immediately? You need to go back. You need to play this show again. I would take notes. I'm sitting here taking notes. I'm circling things. I mean, I got, I got a ton of gold nuggets of wisdom from the gold collar investor himself. <laughs> so I encourage you to not only do that, but also share this and teach this to someone else because the teacher is who learns the most. The teacher is who really anchors their own understanding. And beyond that, you've got to take massive action. And uh, I want to thank you for listening. Poncham, I want to thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for having me, Tyler. Thank you so much. It was so much fun. This has been a blast. And until next time, Elevate Nation, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Elevate. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to elevate your results by taking immediate action on what you learned. For more, visit tylerchesser.com.